politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow patriots, independent conservatives, and all-around common-sense Americans to the Conservative Review podcast here at our Northern Command Center here in Maryland, at least until we move to Greenland, where it will probably be the last vestige of freedom if we don't succeed in starting a new revolution, a new movement here that so many of you have joined. Come to our YouTube page, like our shows at Conservative Review, and let me tell you, folks, We are being chased around. We are being chased by a lying media, by a lying political class, and a complacent conservative movement. So maybe we're going to have to go to Greenland. (laughs) I I can't fault the president for uh, talking about it when so much bad stuff is going on here, and we are losing our identity as Americans. We are losing our sovereignty in this country. One of the things going on is that the media is trying to shame anyone from referring to this invasion, which is really worse than an invasion at our border, as an invasion. They're trying to use the El Paso shooter because he mentioned that word. Therefore, nobody could mention that reality. If he said the sky is blue, you can no longer say the sky is blue. So you know what? We are not going to play that game. We're not going to back down. We're not going to back down from the most violent cartels like the Zetas and Gulf and CGNG and uh, Sinaloa flowing illegal immigrants, MS-13, thousands of what I call Jeffrey Epstein's child sex offenders coming back in this country every day. We're not going to shy away from calling that an invasion because they're going to call us white supremacists when, in fact, the people who are harmed the most, as we mentioned so often, are people in immigrant communities because, again, criminals of all all sorts harm those closest to them first and most often. And in this case, illegal aliens, mainly from Mexico and Central America, are going to harm other people of the same backgrounds living in the same communities. But here we are. I just wanted to start off with, you know, the first article of the day, and I'm going to be doing I'm going to do a lot of reading today just because there's a lot of articles I want to direct your attention to. This is from the Hill.com. Acting director of USCIS Ken Cuccinelli was a founding member of a group that called undocumented immigrants invaders CNN reports. Now, we're going to get to CNN being caught in immoral, unethical lies. But Cuccinelli reportedly helped create state legislators of legal immigration in 2007, which centered itself on a tough immigration rhetoric that is similar to President Trump's during his 2016 campaign. And they basically say that the founding principle of the group was that undocumented immigration represented an invasion of the United States. We face real security threats today, Cuccinelli said at the time, uh, you know, Porous borders and lax immigration enforcement have left us vulnerable not only to terrorist attacks, but to increasing levels of crime in our communities. Those already accustomed to flagrantly disregarding our laws do not hesitate to traffic their deadly cocktail of drugs and gang violence into Virginia. When someone comes across your border without your permission, it's an invasion. So um, they're all upset. And then they quote the, the poem of the Statue of Liberty So first of all, there's a reason why they're going after Ken Cuccinelli, and that is because Ken 
is clearly one of the few people that's actually effective in this administration. He's actually speaking about this, giving an alternative vision. Kudos to him. But I'm here to tell you, and I want you guys to know after today's show, why this is an invasion. It's an invasion because of the cartels, but it's also an invasion because of the illegal immigration on so many fronts. If you look at any dictionary definition, any dictionary definition, and we're going to put this up on the screen here, Black's Law, a hostile or forcible encroachment on the rights of another. Okay? The incursion of an army for conquest or plunder. So it's th that definition is the one that they'll say it's not because we're still in a gray zone conflict with the cartels. But the first one certainly is Merriam-Webster, an act of entry for conquest or plunder, the incoming or spread of something usually hurtful. An incursion, Oxford, an incursion by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity, an unwelcome intrusion into another's domain. So it certainly fits Oxford, Cambridge, the act of entering a place by force, often in large numbers, to an occasion when a large number of people or things come to a place in an annoying and unwanted way, and three, an action or process that affects someone's life in an unpleasant, unwanted way. So this fits, fits most of the definitions, according to most dictionaries, of, of what an invasion is. And that's even without getting to the cartels. Look, the cartels are obvious. As we had Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County on the show a couple of weeks ago, saying how he's not even a border county, he's 70 miles away, and yet the cartels have operational control of the flow into the country. We have over 50 rounds being fired by the CDN cartel into our Border Patrol boats. And our guys just run away. That's an invasion. Constantly bringing their people over. Here's another one. I want you to take a look at this. Because I think this is this is particularly important. That um, this is from my buddy Jason Jones. I'm gonna I'm gonna have him on the show again. We've had him on the show a number of times. Former uh, Texas DPS Intel and counterterrorism guy worked in the Texas Rangers uh, counter cartel operations at the border. He put out this video. He must have obtained e either from Border Patrol, some sort of agent, or someone in Texas DPS. Look at how the cartels strategically flow a bunch of migrants surrendering, and then they get in their runners who are going to do harm to us just a little bit away where the border agents are distracted. Now, in this case, it turned out they were caught, but I will tell you, I'm told that there are more runners than ever, that there are so many of them, Border Patrol, contrary to protocol, have have stopped counting what's called gotaways. There's just so many of them. If you had Hezbollah or Al-Qaeda flowing in migrants, that many of them are very problematic, but even if they're not, that's how they get in their bad people and contraband. That's an invasion, I'm sorry. And again, it hurts their communities the most. The communities near the border especially, but, but even in the interior of the country, far away on the East Coast, it's the communities with, with large Hispanic populations that are dealing with the murder and mayhem and, and MS-13 and drugs and all this stuff. 
So yes, it is an invasion, and we're not going to shy away from saying so. Right now you have, and we're going to maybe talk about this tomorrow with a special guest, the CDN cartel, Cartel del Noreste, which is the second generation of Los Zetas, really the most brutal cartel, they are directly countering Border Patrol now. Um, They have the least qualms of any of the cartels about directly confronting our people. If you remember, it was the Los Zetas who um, killed Jaime Zapate, the HSI agent in 2010 in Mexico. We had Victor Avila, his partner, who just barely survived the attack on our show in a two-part series. You could Google that, Daniel Horowitz, Victor Avila. You could see the two episodes we had riveting. You got to see that. The Zetas, I mean, they are every bit as brutal, as terroristic, as harmful as any Islamic terror group. So don't tell me this is not an invasion. Don't tell me it's not. But yet we have, we now have media virtue signaling supplanting the rule of law. The media could put out false information and that dictates government policies because we don't have people joining us in putting out the right facts and the counter narrative, as we've mentioned so much the last couple of weeks, to get government to actually focus on the rule of law. And they have these sympathetic stories that are designed to say, oh, so we can't, there's children, so we can't enforce our laws. We can't have sovereignty. And again, it hurts these communities the most, as we'll talk about soon. First point I want to make. I just have an article out. We have a breaking story at conservativereview.com that no one else has. Um, As of this recording, ICE has not issued another statement, but I am told at the very top levels they might do it. But we got the exclusive on this story. You're not going to hear anywhere else. The media is peddling a lot of lies about ICE's operation arresting 680 illegal alien workers from Mexico and Guatemala at Coke Foods in Mississippi, right? This largest workplace enforcement action that's really ever taken place in recent years. They're trying to find all sorts of reasons to skirt the law. Oh, there's a crying kid. So therefore, we're not allowed to have a country. Um, Oh, there's an anchor baby, which shouldn't be regarded as a citizen anyway, pursuant to our laws and case law, by the way. But no, you can't enforce the law. So over the weekend, this began last Thursday from the Jackson Clarion Ledger, the, the paper of record in Mississippi, where they put out a story. They, they first didn't even name the woman. And they said, ICE has separated a breastfeeding mother from her four-month-old baby girl. And they didn't say, like, sources tell us, even anonymous. They just stated it definitively as fact. And now, first off, even if that were true, you know, again, if an American mother committed a crime, I mean, I don't know the protocol if there's a four-month-old baby, but we're not going to stop the enforcement because of that. Now, maybe there might be some sort of humanitarian protocol where, you know, how we're going to confine her and with the baby and the timing, but that's not going to stop it. That's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. And illegal aliens certainly shouldn't be better off than Americans. That's not our problem. Okay, that, that, that's, that's first of all. But aside from that, it is a bald-faced lie. Never happened. Fabricated 
So CNN then reported later on, as late as yesterday, they reported the name. Maria Domingo Garcia left work 12 days ago, and she hasn't been home. The mother of three has been separated from her four-month-old daughter, who she still breastfeeds since being picked up during a U.S. Immigration Customs Enforcement raid on Coke food in Morton, Mississippi. Domingo Garcia was among the 680 undocumented immigrants detained August 7th in raids, the most in the agency's history. She has been held at a facility in Gina, Louisiana, which is nearly two miles from Morton. And they show this video from the Clarion Ledger that shows her with a crying infant. It shows a picture of her at some point with an infant, and then it shows a father uh, um, giving the kid a bottle, and he's cr she's crying. And um, then they have the ICE attorney come in, Ray Ybarra Maldonado and Juliana Manzanaran, whatever, along with Dahlia Reynoso, Program Director for Justice for Our Neighborhoods in Texas, where they say, oh, ICE is lying. She said nobody asked her, not even one time if she's breastfeeding. Can you imagine having a four-month-old baby and being ripped away from that baby, unsure of who's taking care of her? She's devastated. Now, all along, you read this article, and again, you wouldn't know they're even like illegal immigrants. Barely know it. It's like they were, they were just going to work one day and never showed up. Stormtroopers came and took them here. Again, before I just want to digress before we get into the lie that she wasn't breastfeeding. So I just want to note that I, I'm sick of hearing the immoral morality of their arguments. America is the national home of the American citizen. They lied, cheated, and stole to get here. They stole our birthright. They stole our hospital funds because there's no way Coke Foods is paying them enough money to pay their own way or get insurance. So they had three babies here, evidently. Three kids, they said, were born here. Now we're stuck with them when we shouldn't be. They almost certainly stole identity, which I want to get to in a, middle, in a minute, destroying people's lives. They're stealing American jobs. Now you see tons of Americans applying for these jobs. They have no right to be here. The fact that you could have a sympathetic story, I'm just trying to work. I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad person. First of all, a tremendous amount of these people are bad people. And even the good people are stealing identity. And they're stealing our resources. That is not your private property to give away. If you're a media person, an immigration lawyer, a politician, if you want to donate money to these people, you could do it. If you want to donate money to Guatemala, you could do it. But the American private property is not yours to give away. That's not moral. That's immoral. If people break into my house, let's say, you know, you have a family of five. I don't know. A husband gets um, a temporary assignment, has to move for six months, but they keep their home. And they come back six months later and they see someone squatting on their property. And let's say, you know, best case scenario, they're not violent. They took care of the home. You know, they didn't trash it. They're living there. They're trying to or they go to work. They're trying to earn a living, but they're in your home. Are you going to say, look, how do you remove them? They're doing so good there. Oh, my God. No. I mean, the, per, the homeowner, they have the right, if they want to, to say, look, you know, you're allowed to stay here. I'm not going to mind it. 
but other people don't have the right to make that determination for you, and that is immoral. And it's the same thing here. The American sovereignty belongs to all of us American citizens. It's not any one person's private property to give away. So I'm sick of hearing this business. And there's one thing if it's just a couple of people over time. They're like, all right, let them stay. But it's millions upon millions, and we warned about it. It's like yesterday when it was 2014 and, and 2012 and DACA was coming. I said, this is going to spawn a massive wave of, of migration from Central America built upon the principle that you come here and have a kid or with a small kid, you're here to stay. And that's exactly what happened. And so much misery has come from that to the American people from the crime and the MS-13 wave. And yes, that is an invasion. When the prosecutors in the LA MS-13 case are telling us that there's this growing phenomenon where you basically have endless teenagers coming over alone or with parents smuggled and they have to fit into a gang and they're upping the ante and the amount of violence they're doing. That's an invasion. And again, it's hurting their communities first. White supremacism, my rear end. You're hurting everyone, but most prominently Hispanics. It's got to stop. The invasion has got to stop. But anyway, they lied. It turns out, not only was she asked if she's breastfeeding. Remember, ha almost nearly half of the 680 were let out of confinement because of kids on humanitarian grounds. When it shouldn't have been that way, they were let out. So right away, my BS meter went up. I said, wait a minute. They let out everyone. Certainly a breastfeeding mother, they would have definitely done that. Indeed, they asked her. And I could tell you, not only did she say she's not nursing, right? Any woman, I mean, maybe if they look at like they're 80 years old, they don't ask it, but it's protocol, like just like any form. And they're sitting on, I can't, you know, publicize its private records, but there is a documentation of this, the medical records. They're all examined. She was examined that day of the raid, August 7th. And she said, no, I am not nursing. They also have on record she has children three, five, and 10, three years old, not three months old. There's no record of a baby. That's what she said. Okay. Then when the immigration attorney dirtbag, and that's the thing, th these people are the most unscrupulous dirtbags you could ever imagine. The sleaziest human beings alive. They do this all the time. Because they know the, they, the media will eat out of their hands. They'll never be held accountable either criminally for engaging in fraud or just shamed in the media. Why not accuse ICE? And then you'll go on to the next thing, like a drive-by. When that's disproven, you won't apologize. You'll go on to the next thing. So ICE took her back in. from the, She was in the facility, and they had a nurse practitioner look at her yesterday, August 19th after the media was talking about this. And they found she was not lactating. It's impossible for her to be nursing. What is with this baby they keep showing? We don't know. Probably stolen or fake. Remember, if they're stealing babies to get into the country, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out they're gonna do that same thing since it worked so successfully, having virtue signaling of the media defy law. 
The law says you shall be detained. There's no exception for children. But the media now dictates and nullifies our law. We have anarchy in this country. So they're doing the same thing on the interior of the country in order to avoid deportation, right? Let's avoid deportation by saying, oh, you're going to rip them away from a four-month-old kid. Complete lie. But this is what happens every day. The immigration attorneys go to the media, tell a lie, and then most of the time, DHS gives into it. This is what happened a couple of weeks ago when they said uh, the Dallas Morning News dirtbags there had a dirtbag immigration lawyer lying to them and saying, oh, Border Patrol is holding an American citizen for three weeks. And I could tell you for cert certitude that that individual was born in Reynosa, Mexico, and came into this country multiple times on a border crossing card as an alien. It's confirmed with the Mexican government. But rather than going on offense, they, 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 they let the person go. The media wins the day. Because I, I, I asked the guy in ICE off the record, I said, like, dude, why would they tell such a bald-faced lie that's verifiable by a medical exam, by science? And, you know, what we came up with is that, well, they've succeeded until now. So finally, ICE agreed to call them out through giving me a statement, and hopefully they're going to issue a more robust statement. But this is breaking news that you're only going to hear here. This is what they do. This is the immorality of open borders. And I want to talk about this for once because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of hearing this about, oh, you know, victimless, victimless, this and that. Let me tell you, almost every one of these individuals steals an identity. That is devastating. It's not a low-level crime. I'm going to read to you a story here from a Bloomberg reporter, first-person account. There's a problem when I get too uh, worked up, start losing my voice. But um, Drew Armstrong of Bloomberg, he says, this essay is going to scare you. There's a better than average chance that at some point in the last several years, your personal information was stolen. Not something like a credit card account, but the good stuff, your social security number coupled with your birth date. And he goes on to talk about his story and he says his identity was stolen in 2013. It started out in Florida. Um, it started out as, you know, just a guy using his name with TD Bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo. And then later on, the guy sold an RV to two people for $39,960. Um, at the time, he says, I didn't worry about it too much. All right, so some criminal in Florida had a fake ID with my name on it, but the police were on top of it. I'd need to watch my credit report for a while, maybe call and dispute a few transactions, anything uh, annoying but manageable. The trouble is that there were many other traces of Manukin as me. Manukin was the guy who, the last name of the guy, the legal alien who stole his name. Um, and. There was a Bank of America credit card with charges at a water park, a Whole Foods, sushi, a meal at a chain restaurant. There was a dress in Miami with my name. The extent of the damage and the years it would take to clean it up started to emerge not long after the cops first contacted me. 
I was pulled aside by agents at JFK airport while waiting to board a flight to London. And they basically say they searched his bag. They asked him, you know, are you carrying anything? Um, and they said this would happen all the time because he was put on some sort of a list. And, you know, the border agents were always polite, always had a bland answer for how I'd end, ended up on the list. But they always went through my belongings. Manukin's wreckage, however, began to intrude into my financial life. I was denied a credit card. I began to realize how bad it was when my wife and I went to Wells Fargo to open a joint account. Welcome back, Mr. Armstrong. I see you, all, you already have several accounts with us, the teller said. I never set foot inside of a Wells Fargo. The intersection of my legitimate life with Manukin's impersonation of it had destroyed my credit, which was rated poor, and put my profile on a security watch list somewhere in the government. It had made it impossible for me to get a new credit card, and when my wife and I went to apply for a mortgage, our agent at the bank told us not to even bother including my name and assets. Identity theft isn't just an inconvenience. It shut me out of my most basic parts of a consumer financial system. And he goes on to say how, you know, it took years, six years to clean it up. Six years to clean it up. Now, whatever happened with this guy? Well, the U.S. Department of Justice asked me to testify in Manukin's case. He was scheduled to go on trial in Miami in January 2017. I agreed to go for the chance to see the man who had taken over a part of my life. A government-paid trip to the beach in the middle of winter felt like a nice compensation. Perhaps I'd stop at the water park where he'd spent the day using the credit card with my name on it. But a few days before the trial, I got a call from the prosecutor's office. Minyukin, who was in the country illegally, took a plea and went to prison without a trial. He spent less than two years beyond bars before being scheduled to be released and deported late last year. That's all I know of his fate. Friends, Romans, countrymen. Almost every illegal steals identity. Almost every DACA recipient stole identity, and, and the Obama administration covered that up and granted them clemency from it, allowed them to completely get away with it. I, I, I don't understand this. Why aren't Republicans having a revolution just on the issue of identity theft? Folks, that is the ultimate invasion, not just of our sovereign land, our culture, um, you know, the, the fiscal charge, the crime, the gangs, literally stealing our identity. Talk about an invasion. An unwelcome intrusion into another's domain, according to Oxford English Dictionary. Folks, unbelievable. Unbelievable. We just don't talk about this. Illegal Im immigrants are the 800-pound gorilla in the room for identity theft. Some of it is like, you know, people on a sex offender registry or not paying alimony. They want to uh, change their identity. But the 800-pound gorilla in the room is illegal immigrants. According to the Center for Immigration Studies, eight out of the 10 states with the highest percentage of illegal aliens are the top 10 states with identity theft. In Arizona alone, over 1 million children are victims of stolen identity, more than four times the national rate. 
Hispanic Americans with Latino-sounding surnames are the most vulnerable to such theft. Again, the people that are most commonly the victims are Hispanics. Take your accusations against those of us who are calling out the invasion and want to enforce the laws as white supremacists and shove it where the sun doesn't shine. Look in the goddamn mirror. Sorry to curse there, but I mean, it just this really hoses me. Illegal aliens seeking employment will often be giving stolen social security numbers of children by the cartels in the smuggling industry because they know it will take longer to get detected. Devastating to that child when they reach adulthood and they're saddled with years worth of criminality. See, if you think about it, if you're an adult, you're going to catch on to it pretty quickly. But let's say you're, you're a baby. I mean, it could be 15, 18 years worth of fiscal liabilities, criminality, security stuff, tax problems that you're saddled with. In 2017, the IRS Inspector General said that 1.4 million illegals use stolen social security cards to pay taxes. And again, they pay very little, and then they do it because they get back five times more in welfare or fundable tax credits. They noted that the agency does a poor job in informing the victims. Another 2.18 million use what's called a taxpayer ident- uh, individual taxpayer identification numbers, where the incomprehensibly the IRS invites them to if hey if you don't have a social security number go go apply to the IRS and we'll give you an ITIN and you could go ahead and get refundable tax credits the child tax credit. But here's the deal. Even if they're going to give them that without a social security card, so they don't need to steal the identity for that, but they're working on the books. So they need to give most most employers that are doing it on the books, they're going to have to give the employers at the payroll level, at the entry level, some sort of stolen identity. So the the ITINs are inviting them. Our government is lawlessly still doing it to this day, inviting them to steal social security cards. Inviting them to do that. And then, of course, they get $4.2 billion in refundable tax credits. Unbelievable. And those are just the number of illegals who use Social Security numbers to work on the books. The total number of stolen numbers, including those used for children or others not seeking employment, but seeking other benefits, is much likely, obviously, going to be much higher. 75% of illegals commit felonies and steal identity. So um, there you go. The problem is so rampant that already back in 2004, AP noted that the IRS found 7.9 million W-2s, 7.9 million W-2s with names that didn't match Social Security numbers provided. So we gave them a social security number. We see it on the W-2. doesn't match the name. More than half of those 7.9 million, according to that AP article, were filed where? California, Texas, Florida, and Illinois. The IRS has done nothing. Anyone who tells you that illegal immigration is a victimless crime Oh, it's just about their sympathy. They're willfully blind. 
the rampant identity theft, in addition to the fiscal drain, the drugs, the crime, the gangs, the social upheaval in our communities and our schools. That is an epidemic due to illegal immigration. Again, you want to talk about an unwelcome intrusion, the incoming or spread of something usually harmful, an occasion when a large number of people or things come to a place in an annoying and unwanted way, an action or process that affects someone's life in an unpleasant, unwanted way. Let me tell you something. There's no greater definition, dictionary, literally, the major dictionaries, Blacks, Merriam-Webster's, Oxford, Cambridge, no greater definition, diction, dictionary definition of, of, of invasion than what we have with illegal immigration, even before we get to the more... I guess you'd say traditional understanding of an invasion through the cartels. Where is Congress? You want to talk about an issue that will single-handedly win an election with suburban all voters, a nonpartisan issue that, that just crosses lines. You know, you have taxes, guns, abortion, then you have identity theft. Nobody wants identity theft. I have a seven-part plan for that. And a lot of this, by the way, Trump could do even without Congress. Some of it is kind of existing laws we always talk about. Mandate that the Social Security Administration, the IRS, immediately inform anyone when his or her number has been used by someone else and flag it for other anomalies. And then SSA should have to immediately stop using that number and issuing it to any newborn children. Again, they could do that without legislation, but Lamar Smith had an old E-Verify bill that did this, 3711, HR 3711. By the way, there's another thing. You could Google this, E-Verify lock your account. It's a very good function of E-Verify. You could use it. You could do E-Verify on yourself. You could go to the website, just Google it, E-Verify lock your social security number. You could actually preemptively lock it, which is why E-Verify is so, so useful. A lot of people don't realize so you could preemptively lock it. So subsequently, if anything would ping it, it couldn't get in. It's a good way of preempting it. You should try it. Now, like any government website, there's always just tech issues with their websites. I remember having issues with it. Maybe it was a browser thing, but let me know if it works for you guys. Um, it's something very useful. Number two, mandate that the same agencies, again, SSA working with IRS and DHS, constantly share information so they can inform the employer that the employee has engaged in identity theft and is an illegal immigrant. And now with, with the raids taking place, they're going to be scared and they're not going to want to be criminally prosecuted. Do you know we got a no match? They need to start doing that. They should also notify local law enforcement of that individual as well. Require that any employer terminate such employer employee upon notification. One way to put teeth in this is a bill to deny tax deductions for wages and benefits on behalf of illegal aliens. So right now, they take a deduction on the payroll taxes um, they pay on behalf of employees. A good way to disincentivize hiring illegal aliens is by saying, hey, you know, you can't, we're not going to process that deduction for you. 
certainly mandate ICE apprehension of anyone who has engaged in identity theft. Let, let's stop. I mean, not that you need a criminal, you know, criminal record to be de de uh, deported if you're an illegal alien, but generally they focus on the criminals. But no, identity theft is a serious crime. It's a serious crime. Finally, prohibit IRS from using the ITINs. Stop inviting illegal aliens prospectively to come in and engage in identity theft. In fact, I've argued that the 1996 welfare reform bill requires such, such action. Refundable tax credits are not reductions in revenue. They're expenditures. They're outlays. That is a wealth transfer program. They are barred from accessing it, and yet our government illegally gives it to them. And then start prosecuting for aggravated identity theft. Start prosecuting it. If you can't get identity, you cannot be here in this country. We could talk about all we want, sanctuary cities, but the feds hold the key to identity theft. So sanctuaries try to harbor them, but they could not remain in this country if we enforced it. And I'm sick of hearing this. Big Brother is armed with a treasure trove of data that it uses efficiently against Americans. You know you and I cannot escape their reach if we want to do anything that, that they don't like. Why is it that when it comes to protecting the innocent, identifying and apprehending criminals, protecting our sovereignty and sharing information, somehow the government agencies are, are, are just impotent. Oh, we can't do it. We don't have access. I don't know. The states, cross-agency cooperation. This is nonsense. I'm telling you, folks, this issue single-handedly has the ability to completely upend this issue, upend the election. The ultimate invasion of a sovereign human, human being is stealing their identity. But this is the broader problem when nobody on our side is giving the side of the American people. When we don't have lawyers, we don't have advocates, we don't have lobbyists, we don't have politicians, we don't have government officials saying our side of the story. And our side should be the only side that matters as it relates to American public policy. It's for the American people. Not for the invaders. I mean, that's what it is. And again, as I've said before, if you believe we have an obligation to these people because of sob stories, then you have an obligation to help them in their home countries. The ones that didn't pay a cartel to come here. And there's 91 countries with GDP per capita less than that of Guatemala. We are responsible for all of them. There's no end. It's a bottomless pit. But what happens when we don't get out of our side of the story and the media just gets to focus on their sympathy, what's starting to happen is the media narratives are trumping the rule of law. It's unbelievable. Like, you know, you think, come on, you know, you're not going to have a media trial and that's going to overturn laws. Yes, it does. You know, this was just sent to me by a friend just from yesterday. The Sentinel, this is KSU students need to speak out against ICE. The Kennesaw Sentinel in Georgia. 
It is essential that students participate in protecting their immigrant classmates against the threatening actions of ICE. Again, look how they're able to frame it because we don't frame it and show the endless rapes and murders at the hands of illegal immigrants perpetrated on legal immigrants. So they get to say they're the ones protecting immigrants. And um, here's what they note. In 2010, Kennesaw State Campus Police arrested a Mexican student named Jessica Coltol for impeding traffic. Upon her arrest, it was discovered she was here illegally and um, she was turned over to ICE. The story did not end there, as the New York Times explains. Her sorority sisters rallied and marched in support of her holding signs, Jessica has a dream, I march for Jessica. The protest combined with efforts of local immigration advocacy groups and former KSU president Daniel Papp made it so that Coltel was released and granted deportation deferment for a year to finish her studies. Well, guess what happened? Guess what happened? She finagled herself into DACA. And it's unbelievable. In 2017, Trump revoked the DACA. The Trump administration revoked the DACA status. More than 100 protesters from the Atlanta area came out in 2017 in support of Coltol. And, um, you know, a Jewish ad ad activist group called Never Again has been holding demonstrations. Yeah, let's invoke the Holocaust for people who steal identity. And, uh, and there you go. And I'm just telling you, this wins the day. This is why it's so important we give our side of the story. It is so important. I mean, let me just, in the remaining time, read to you from this. And, and just, just before, I just want to note, you know what no one's saying? 60,000, roughly 60,000 DACA recipients have a criminal record. Even under this administration, they're still approved. Nearly 8% of DACA recipients have arrests of some kind. That's about 60,000 people. This is from Stephen Dinan, Washington Times. Yadel Alvarez Chio is an illegal immigrant, but was one of the lucky ones, a dreamer, who was able to take advantage of the Obama era DACA deportation amnesty, which gave her a reprieve to stay in the U.S., a work permit to hold a job, and access to a full legal driver, driver's license. She used the opportunity to become an immigrant smuggler, authorities say. And basically, Dinan goes on to note that there's nearly 21,000, 21,000 with drunk driving arrests. Could you imagine that? The danger of 21,000 people with <coughs> a proclivity to, to drive drunk that pursuant to law must be removed. And to this day, even under this administration, they're still here. 4,600 others with drug charges. More than 6,600 with theft or larceny. And that's not identity theft because that's all of them. Some 22 DACA recipients were approved despite having dogfighting or other animal cruelty charges. 31 accused rapists, 425 people with hit and run arrests, 10 people charged with murder, according to data from USCIS. Ten. This is y'all. To this day, the Trump administration doesn't get rid of it. Trump stood there in Phoenix on August 31st of 2016 
in that famous immigration speech, and he said, I will get rid of both of Obama's amnesties, quote, immediately. And don't tell me the courts. First of all, a court can never advocate such a thing and should have been sidelined immediately, but even the court didn't say that. It just said he had to issue a proper APA, meaning with the proper comment and notice period. He's had a year and a half since then to do it, and he hasn't done it. But I just want to end with this story. Houston Chronicle, this is from last week, because the charges, this happened in July, but the charges weren't until last week. Two undocumented immigrants, this is the Houston Chronicle, from El Salvador arrested an MS-13 killing in Missouri City Park near, um, you know, outside of Houston. After being chased, beaten, and eventually shot in the shoulder, 16-year-old Eduardo Egua, notice the name, jumped into a small lake in a remote area of Missouri City's Buffalo Run Park and tried to escape by swimming to safety. The small band of MS-13 gang members who'd ambushed Egua and another teen watched briefly but ran when they saw um, police officers approaching. Bleeding profusely from a single gunshot wound to his shoulder, the teen managed to pull himself to shore where he lost consciousness and eventually died lying along the water's edge. <coughs> I'm sorry. Remember the picture of the mother, the father and daughter lying at the edge of the Rio Grande River dead. And by the way, that looked way too staged, but as somehow that was a punchline, like somehow it's our fault. Like we did something wrong. What about the picture of this Hispanic kid who very likely was here illegally? If not, not it doesn't matter. Was killed by two El Salvadoran illegals, Selvin Giovanni Palacios Miranda, 18, and Brian Castillo, 19. Now, I have a request into ICE, given their age, I'd like to know, were they resettled as refugees? UAC's unaccompanied alien children. This is what we're resettling in our country. And again, who gets hurt the most? It's other Hispanics. MS-13 is a problem everywhere, but particularly the MS-13 crimes are mainly on other Hispanics. You will not hear this in the media, but more importantly, you will not hear it in conservative media. You will not hear it from Republicans. You will not hear it from most people in the administration. This is why the left wins. This is why they are able to nullify our laws and spawn, yes, what is worse than an invasion because it's, it's more subtle and embedded permanently, immutably in our society than a traditional, you know, more a battalion, a division of uh, enemy troops coming with, uh, with guns. You could push them back and there is no permanent harm done, maybe some damage. This is just, it's endless. Anyway, keep sending me your stories, what you want us to talk about. The stuff that's not being discussed, dhorowitz at Blaze Media is the email. At RM Conservative is the Twitter account. And Conservative Review is the website as well as the YouTube page, which you got to go to. You got to see our videos, send it around. The best way to get back at Google and YouTube, these, these dudes, is to have something like this perform well and for the truth that they don't want to get out to actually get out. Till tomorrow. Thank you, and God bless you.